What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Saturday, October 28, 2017. That also means it's now time for a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here on YouTube and iTunes today for the show. Keeping things rolling, trying to keep things rolling. After a tough loss to Buffalo, in Buffalo, and we've got plenty of time to get mad about We'll get there in a little bit, don't you worry. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Today, I am your host, Redicus, joined alongside my co-host and good buddy, Mr. Evan, Mr. Bucks Football. Evan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I am doing doing the best that I can, man. It's three losses in a row. You know, how... how how good can you be after three losses in a row? You know, a lot of people say I don't care if my team win or loses, and that's true. Things are bigger than football, but I just really wish I didn't like it so much all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, if you know, if they had a kicker, and if they had a kicker and they had a defense, they'd be four and two right now. So exactly, uh, we're going to talk mostly about the defense today. When talking about the matchup with Carolinas, we're going to jump into that momentarily. The kicker situation pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, speaking of the kicker situation, perfect day for Pat Murray against Buffalo. Guy's doing his job. Nailed a 50-plus yarder right out of the gate. I think that was his first kick, wasn't it? Uh, it was his first field goal attempt. His first kick was the extra point made in Arizona. So he's a perfect 100%. Uh, you know, So he, he made, I believe, two field goals in Buffalo and he made all of his extra points so uh and then he made the extra point in Arizona so he has not missed a kick yet and Pat Murray doing good things in Tampa I can solemnly say uh I'm pretty sure I said this in the preseason about Nick Folk like right before training camp ended but I like to believe now that we have found our kicker um I think we found our kicker I think it's safe to say we have found our guy um, at least for the time being. Not sure how long he's gonna gonna stick around. I can't see why the Bucks would let him go again. Uh, as long as he keeps doing his job, I don't see him going anywhere. No, and, and it would be a mistake. I think it was a mistake for the Bucks to release him the first time, but unfortunately, um, they was kind of, they kind of forced their hand. Uh, Murray got injured, and Connor Barth was there, so you know they they had another guy that was reliable and and that's what happened so i mean you know pat murray wasn't cut everybody's like oh oh my god everybody when they signed him well he was here with us before and oh that was the 2014 season and 
oh, are you kidding me? They was two and fourteen that year, and well, if he was with us before, why, why they cut him? Fans, some fans didn't realize that it wasn't his performance. It was the fact that he he just got injured in training camp of 2015. He that's that's what happened. Okay, he he kicked 83. Point four percent or something uh, of his field goals, he made he made them, and and that's that's the highest percentage total of a Bucks kicker since 2014. Pat Murray is the highest, and that includes Roberto Aguayo, Kyle Brinsda, Connor Borth, and Nick Folk. I don't even want to talk about Kyle Brinsda, man. It really. That's when I started paying attention to the kicking game the most because that's when it was apparent that it was an issue. Before it was kind of. You could see through the you could see through the lines and and make out some bad kicks, but Kyle Brinza is really where things just came to a screeching hold for this kicking game. Uh, we're really glad the Buccaneers got things back on track with Pat Murray. Guy is guy is young. Guy's got a future. I hope he sticks around and I hope he enjoys his time as Tampa. Um, at least as much as it looks like he does. He looks like he loves being here. Can't see him going anywhere else. But talking about this week in Bucks news, we're going to cover the injury report right after this. And then we will jump into pregame about the Panthers. But Simeon Rice, the 43-year-old former defensive end Super Bowl champion for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 97, one of the greatest defensive ends of all time. You cannot lie on that statistic. Not saying he changed the game because, you know, that's that's a guy like Warren Sapp. That's a guy like Derek Brooks. But Simeon Rice had just as much success on that defense as anyone else did in 2003. Simeon Rice recently reached out to the Bucks and, and basically was dead serious in saying, let me come back, you know, I'll, I'll give these guys exactly what they need. I'll set up a pass rush, need to come in here and establish it. Not even in the coaching role, Simeon Rice, again, as I mentioned before, the 43-year-old former Tampa Bay Buccaneer is dead serious about coming back in. And let, let me just, let me cover two points, um, and then I'll throw it right over to you because, you know, it's, it's something you laugh about. It's something you think about, and and there's a small sliver of me that's like, yeah, that'd be kick-ass because Simeon Rice was was a monster back in the day. But you got to take a step back. You got to look at this as realistically as we can. Okay, <clears throat> Simeon Rice has been out of the game for a little while. After his tenure in the NFL, he did play a couple of years in the UFL. Not very successful reaching the quarterback with his seasons over there. Didn't put up a lot of numbers against a lot of second-grade talent, given he was a little bit older, away from the game. But, guy's 43 years old. He is in tremendous shape, but he's been away from the game, and I can tell you that he is not in football shape. Um, you know, I am not opposed to seeing him practice. Let him come in, run a couple of drills. Let him come in, practice for a week. Maybe come in, do some one-on-one -on -one with the O-line. Do some one-on-one -on -one with the attitude on the D-line. I got no problem with him stepping in, putting the pads on as a physical coach because that's something that hasn't been done before. I don't know if there's some stupid buy rule that allows you to not do that. But um, I'm definitely not against that. But uh, And Derek, old school over at What the Buck, made a really good point about this. I was listening to the podcast last night, brand new episode. It's kind of embarrassing. And... Not that it's embarrassing from our point of view because nothing has happened yet. It's not like the Buccaneers put pen to paper and brought him onto the team. You know, it's not like he's going to start. But a good point that he brought up, it's kind of an embarrassing thought to go back to someone, you know, out of their glory days to, um, 
to take away time, to take away valuable playing time from talented younger guys on the roster, it's it could cost someone a spot on the roster just to see an old man get his ass kicked for a drive or two. And those could be very, very, very important drives. You know, if you bench someone like Robert Ayers to throw in Simeon Rice, not that it would happen. I think it would happen on the other side of the uh, other side of the line. But say, for example, you bench Robert Ayers for Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice comes out, shits the bed. Robert Ayers probably could have gotten a sack. It's just, it's a weird situation. It's not a realistic situation. I'm not opposed to seeing him come in here and help this pass rush any way he can. But jumping right back into the game on Sunday is not going to do it for him. How are uh, how are you feeling about this whole Simeon Rice fiasco? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't really call it a, a you know a, a fiasco. It's you know Derek Derek uh, really hit it uh, hit the nail on the head. You know, I, I think it's it's embarrassing because that means that the pass rush is that bad um, that that the books you know that fans and and media members uh, both think that they should bring. This 43-year-old who has not played an NFL game in exactly 10 years. Exactly 10 years he has not played an NFL game. 10 whole years. I mean, you know, football, NFL athletes are some of the best athletes in the world. And I am not saying that Simeon Rice is not an athlete. Oh, he's an incredible athlete. Still is. If you, know, if you follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, uh, the guy's unbelievable. Um, he's the, you know, he, he's the, for 43 year old, he's the best 43 year old in shape, shape wise I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, he's, he, he, he's, he's in great agent. shape. Yeah. I mean, he's in great shape. He keeps himself in great shape. He keeps himself healthy. Uh, you know, keeps himself determined, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's just, it's not the same. So, I mean, Joe Buck's fan. Joe Buckshaw put out an article and said, and I, I kind of agreed with it. They said, you know, we're not saying sign Simeon Rice. All we're saying is the the Bucks should give an hour. Jason Light should give an hour of his time to just bring him in for a workout. Just like you said, just have him do a couple of their, their basic line drills, see how his speed's looking, see how his strength's looking, uh, see if he can hold up. And, you know, Joe Bucks fan said, you know, I'm not saying sign him. But they said, "See what he's they, got." And yeah, no, and, and I mean, no, and, and they said, and I agree with this one the most. Simeon Rice deserves that for from the from the front office for for what he did for the organization. Um, without, I'm going to say this right now: Simeon Rice was such a dominant force in the Bucks Super Bowl Super Bowl year. Without Simeon Rice, I don't know if they win that Super Bowl. Um, I. I would like to think that they would, obviously, but he was just that—he was that dynamic, and I, and that's why I think that he, you know, the Bucks owe him that, uh, the the Glazers owe him that. So, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in in two thousand in two thousand and two, he had fifteen and a half sacks, fifteen and a half. That that's that's insane. Fifteen and a half is ridiculous. I couldn't believe it, right? And he just. Bottom line is, he deserves to get a look. 
he doesn't, you know, and, and Joe Bucks fan said, maybe if you, if you like what you see from him, maybe you tell him, okay, here's what we're going to do. Take two to three weeks, right? We're going to try to survive. Take two to three weeks and seriously football train. Don't don't just don't just do your normal training. Train like you are a NFL player for about two to three weeks, and then come back and do another workout, and then we'll we'll consider signing you. That's what they should do. Um, I think that would be the smart thing to do. I don't, um, but obviously I don't even think they're going to bring him in for a workout. Um, they should. I, I think they should because I mean, what can get worse? You know, I mean, Warren Sapp came out today. And said that you know the the Bucks pass rush is it's brutal to watch. He um, he had made a comment about Gerald McCoy. Basically said Gerald McCoy needs to figure out how to become the lead dog on that line, um, and really assert himself into kicking this defensive line in the ass, getting this pass rush going. And who better yeah, than the quarterback? I mean, there's only man. so much McCoy can do. There, there really is so much. <laughs> he's he's winning every snap. McCoy is winning every snap. He has no help. Exactly, and, and um, another point that was brought up on the latest episode of What the Buck, Gerald McCoy, I'm amazed that the coaches haven't jumped in and ripped off the officials' heads for what's been allowed to go on. Gerald McCoy has been double-team, triple-team mm-hmm. week in and week out. you got to do what you got to do, but you look back at the film, and there are a couple of times where you can clearly see Gerald McCoy getting sexually assaulted uh, towards the red zone, <laughs> towards the line of the play by two or three players at one time, and it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Like oh, you said, yeah. Gerald McCoy is doing what he can. He, he doesn't have a lot of help. You know, you brought in a guy like Chris Baker expecting him to, to make a difference, to be a run stuffer. He was great in the 3-4 in Washington. He was great as a nose tackle. He fit in there perfectly. But that's not what we got out of Chris Baker, unfortunately. And, you know, the guy turns around and complains about playing time. Not really going to jump into that, but, you know, if you guys are – kind of following that you'll know how everybody feels about that but i don't know man it's it's a weird situation but something something's got to give here i didn't mean to cut you off by the way what were you saying that's fine and you know warren Sapp was talking about your own point he said you know i i talked to mccoy and uh you know he said uh mccoy's frustrated and it, it, i would be too like i said and and you're right on that mccoy is being mugged at the line and, I mean, it's not just McCoy. I saw it on Ayers the other game. A- Ayers gets it a lot, too. Ayers gets held a lot. Um, I don't know if it's because he's he's like a more of like not really like a speed rusher. Like, he gets his sacks by being physical. He, and that's how you got to do it. He's for himself this season. So, I'm sure that's why they're doubling coverage on him. Um, and it's just I see him grabbed by the neck. I see him uh, grabbed by the jersey. And there's just no call. Um, you know, I, I see obvious push-offs not called. It's just, you know, and that's obviously penalties. The refs are not an excuse for this defense. I mean, this defense is bad. Um, you know, it's, there's no way around it. Right now, this defense is bad. Can they turn it around? Yes, because I've seen them turn it around. Um, this defense is just really bad. And, and one last thing I wanted to put on speaking of the defense we're going to jump into that in detail a little bit more, but everybody blaming Mike Smith, Mike Smith, Mike Smith, his scheme, his scheme. Okay, here's two things I have to say about that. It's not Mike Smith that is missing tackles. It's not Mike Smith that is not getting to the quarterback. You know, you know a scheme 
does a lot for coverage. A scheme doesn't do as much for them front four guys. Front four, you go. And, you know, that's that's not Mike Smith. And everybody says, well, his, I saw a couple of guy on my Instagram page a couple days ago. He goes, Mike Smith's scheme is outdated. I said, oh, yeah, I saw that. What? I said, well, uh, I don't. It's certainly not outdated considering the five game stretch last season. It's the same exact scheme. You, you cannot tell me that the entire NFL changed their whole offensive philosophy in one year, even less than a year. You, you can't tell me that. <laughs> that's stupid. If this was, if we're talking three years, yeah, maybe. Three, four years, okay, yeah. Because new types of offenses come along. There's there's certain things you do with certain players, rules change, stuff like that. So, but to say Mike Smith's scheme is outdated, uh, I mean it's the it's the scheme because it's not it's not fit into the players' strengths, but it's also the players not executing well. And you know that's what it comes down to. You had brought up. Uh, the line the line really doesn't have a lot of room to fit into that scheme. You know, uh, if you were running a 3-4 and you had your D-end on a four-man rush dropping a coverage, that's different than it is just full pressure on a four-man rush running that cover 2-4-3, which isn't really working for us. But, you know, like you said, same exact scheme as last year. Um, really didn't do us all too bad this year. Just got to find that turning point uh, that we really just haven't seemed to hit yet, but jumping off of the defensive scheme and the talk, we'll go over the injury report, and then we will preview Carolina coming up this Sunday. Let's go over who is going to be out first. Brent Grimes, huge, is going to be out because of a shoulder injury. That's going to be huge, as well as our other cornerback, Robert McClain, will be out under concussion protocol more than likely because of that hit against Buffalo that drawed the 15-yard penalty. Uh, yeah. Costly penalty, man. But, you know, as soon as that hit was made, they brought him into the tent, took a look at him, concussion protocol. He is going to be out this week. Another cornerback as well, Josh Robinson, going to be out as well under concussion protocol. Everybody's hitting their heads this week. Now going down the questionables, we've got Chris Baker questionable with an ankle injury. Ryan Russell, the pass rush defensive end, questionable with a shoulder injury. And right here it says Jameis Winston questionable with a right shoulder injury. Jameis is going to play. Uh, don't really have a lot of doubt in my mind that Jameis is going to play. If they want to be as conservative as they want, might see fits. If this game gets out of hand, either way, uh, whether it's positive or negative for us, but really don't see Jameis sitting out at all during this game. Did a, did a pretty good job in Buffalo. Nothing bad happened to him in Buffalo. Uh, he did get sacked a couple of times, but for the most part, big ups to the O-line for keeping him as safe as they did. Uh, Could have been a lot worse. But that is your injury report for this week at in Carolina, and now we are going to move over and preview that game coming up at home, uh, Raymond James Stadium, October 29th at 1 p.m. I, I heard it's going to be a colder one um, because I don't know if you've seen, but... We are in the middle of a cold front down here, and it's actually been getting a little cold in the mornings, and it, oh, it felt so good. Today, I had a pretty early shift at work. I had to be there at 5.30. I left the house. It was like 48 degrees. Oh, it was the best, dude. It was the best. That's when things start to get better. That's when that's when the humidity dies down. Maybe that's what it is. Second half of the season, we always do a little bit better because it's not so goddamn humid down here anymore. Yeah, there you go. 
you can see through your uh, see through your visor. It's not all misted up by the the fog and the sweat, and the dirt that gets all up in there. But let's talk about this Panthers game coming up on Sunday. Let me pull my notes up here. Something we have to address immediately right out of the gate. Um, offense is going to play a huge part this Sunday. Really just got to keep doing their job and do well. Playing against a Cam Newton that is pissed off, rightfully so. Carolina's kind of fallen off the rails a little bit, at least for this time in the season. Past couple of weeks haven't been super strong. Uh, we've seen Cam get mad, walk out of press conferences. He's at that point where he's just getting pissed off. He's not. He's not here for people to ask him how stable they are on offense and that could be a huge factor coming into Sunday if he gets too mad starts throwing balls that shouldn't be thrown to prove that that offense is uh, you know as consistent as they're trying to say it is all I'm saying is offense has got to do its job and that comes back to play calling it's been brought up ever since Arizona even before Arizona it's been brought up since week three Dirk Cutter and his play calling uh, and a point that I made last week, point I'll make one more time, and then I'll toss it to you, Evan. Uh, whether you like the play calling or not, uh, those plays calls did put up 27 points against a Buffalo team that hasn't been scored on like that this year, uh, last week when we played in New York. Hard to blame Jameis. Don't blame Jameis. Don't blame Adam Humphreys for the fumble last week. Don't blame Cutter. Uh, Mike Smith is in the hot seat on this one. This was my notes from last week, obviously. That was the note for uh, postgame. But, again, coming back, Jameis goes in there and does his job the way he's been doing. Can't walk away and blame Jameis. We really just got to see what happens this Sunday. Uh, but offense has got to do their job. This could be a high-scoring one. Uh, yeah, and I and I'm gonna keep this simple. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm not gonna spend too much time too much time reviewing this game. Uh, you know, if you have any questions for me, I'll I'll answer them because I'm not Cam Newton and I'm I'm not gonna walk out of this podcast. <laughs> um, but nice uh, yeah, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna keep it simple. Uh, the Bucks, bottom line, the Bucks are in trouble. Uh, they're in a lot of trouble, and they gotta they gotta find a way to win this game because if they don't win this game, there's there's no way that they're getting to the playoffs. And I'll, I'm just gonna warn all Bucks fans now. I hate I hate having to do it. If they lose this game, you you should start looking at some free agents, uh, some draft people. You should start reading the mock drafts, start studying prospects, those type of guys. Uh, just because two and five, uh, and then you got some tough games. You know, you, you go to New Orleans, uh, and then the Jets, who you think was a win, but they've been playing well. Um, and then you know, you, yeah, you barely, barely lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, and then you you go to Green Bay, and you know even though Rodgers isn't playing, it's still in Green Bay. Then you go to Atlanta, that's still in Atlanta, uh, and then you play Atlanta again, and then Detroit, who's looked up and down, but they they're still a good football team, and then Carolina, and then New Orleans again. Uh, so they they need this win. Um, I think they have a win versus the Jets. I think they have a win versus the Dolphins, uh, but. Uh, they need this win now. Uh, the Panthers are Panthers are reeling a bit. Uh, they're uh, they're they're on the edge right now. They're 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 struggling, and it's it's time for the Bucks to take advantage of that. Uh, defense is going to be in trouble. It's going to be on the offense. Jameis, uh, 
if if this is any week for James to protect the football, it's this one. He has there there has to be zero turnovers for the Bucks to win this game. And zero. Uh, I, I did see today that Luke Keekley was cleared out of the concussion protocol. Not sure if that means he will play Sunday, uh, but the fact that he is cleared, I'm pretty sure points to him being in the game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he will be. Um, he had full participation in practice every day this week, so just got clear from the protocol. Um, and also, he's questionable. Every every time that it says questionable on an injury report, that player is 95% playing. Um, so Chris Baker will likely play. Um, Ryan Russell, uh, he'll likely play. Uh, so And James Winston's definitely playing. Um, you know, it's just it's gonna be on Jameis. Uh, run game's gotta get going. Uh, run game helps out this offense so much. The Bucks are second in, uh, you know, in total offense, first in passing offense. Yeah, the imagine best, imagine best if they had a run game. Imagine if they had a run game. Uh, you know, it's just uh, hopefully Jameis can keep up his hot streak. Mike Evans can. Can uh, keep up his touchdown streak. That's uh, it's, uh, two two straight games with with touchdowns from Mike Evans. Uh, OJ Howard, hopefully, get keep him involved. You know, he's a monster in Buffalo, so I think we're going to start seeing more and more of OJ. And uh, hopefully, Adam Humphreys gets some redemption. So, but I'm just going to talk about the defense for a couple more seconds here, and then I'm going to toss it to you and see what you have to say, and if you have any questions for me. Um, before we start, before we start wrapping this thing up, because I know he said uh, you wanted a shorter episode. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, just like to fit it on the uh, just to fit it on the monthly limit for iTunes. Here we do get billed, <laughs> do have to pay to be on iTunes, but the exposure means the world to us, guys. We just only got so much space left, but we could we could probably rock and roll for another 15, 20 minutes at the most. Uh, well, anyway, back to my point. Uh, defensive line. I'm not. I'm not expecting consistent pressure. I'm not. I'm just consistent. Um, I would just like some pressure. You know, that's why I, two sacks. I know. I you know this defensive line is so bad. I'll take two sacks, two sacks, <laughs> and you know I, I seriously think if you can win the turnover battle, if you can force Carolina to throw two picks, uh, two picks and a fumble, a fumble and, and a pick, two turnovers, two or two or more turnovers. I think the Bucks should win this game. Um, the Bucks have a lot of talent on offense. It's starting to be used. They're starting to click. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston are starting to click. Uh, you know, Jameis had that deep ball to Deshaun Jackson. that was called back to Donovan Smith. Uh, you know, he didn't play well on Sunday, but I hope he bounces back. Um, so it comes down to the defense. It's a deep. I think it's it's going to be almost very similar to the Buffalo game. Um, going to be a high scoring second half for the Bucks, and I, they're not going to have to come back because I think at halftime it's going to be pretty close but um, like Panthers might be up by like three points or so uh, but they're going to have to the defense with three minutes left two minutes left is going to have to make a stop to win the game and this is a must if the Bucks want any chance at the playoffs this is a must win game um, you know, you win this game, then you beat New Orleans next week. Boom! All of a sudden, you're in the playoff. You're you're in the division hunt now. Then you can beat the Jets. Then you can beat the Dolphins. And now, all of a sudden, you're looking at it. You're her six, six and four. four. <laughs> you know, you're, you're six and four, playing 
playing a, you know, <laughs> I mean, playing a Falcons team who's who's struggling right now. They're, they're beatable. Um, you know, hopefully this defense can. I mean, if this defense can do a like a Chicago week week ten turnaround, they like they did uh, this last year at this game right here, and play that way throughout. Bucks will make the playoffs. I'll say that because last year the problem was they didn't have enough offense. This year they do. Uh, defense seems to be more consistent. Um, we're going to give our predictions at the end, so I'm going to save that and I'm going to put it back to you. See if you got any questions for me. If you got any thoughts, whatever. Now, uh, something you had kind of touched on, I was going to throw a little bit more into the discussion here, uh, was the run game has to be established. This is really going to be a make-or-break game for Doug Martin. You know, we've seen him out here a couple of weeks in a row, came back against New England, hasn't really gotten anything cooking yards per carry, I believe is about 3.5, which is what we've seen. Hard to get mad at him yet because, you know, looking back at film, you can see him desperately trying to find these lanes, trying to find these blocks. A lot of times it's just, you know, the, the pressure gets there so quick. But really got to get established here. It's not a terrible run defense for Carolina. They're pretty much middle of the pack. I believe they were ranked 16th uh, against the run. And a, a really big matchup. We brought him up before. Luke Keekley shaping up against Doug Martin. It, it's going to be it, it's gonna be a challenge. But I think Doug, as long as he just goes in there, finds his lanes, and runs the way that we know he can, um, the Buccaneers can sneak out of this one with a pretty good performance on the ground. I'm saying at least 100 yards uh, if he's getting everything getting everything together. We've seen him wind up in the end zone. He's a pretty decent red zone threat. He can move around inside that 10-5 yard line. Um, but really just got to get it going on the ground. This is going to be make or break for Doug Martin. Now something else I did want to touch on in the red zone uh, really quick. This offensive struggle in the red zone. I, I wouldn't say struggle because we have been scoring. I, I think we can score a little bit more than we have been. But we have been scoring, without a doubt. We've been getting in the end zone. But we really got to utilize getting into the end zone quickly. It can't be third and goal, uh, fourth and goal, and a field goal. You know, got to get down there and got to do what you got to do quickly because possessions count. And you brought up uh, getting those turnovers. Even those one, two, or three, hopefully three, extra possessions can mean the world, especially if you capitalize and score. Uh, that's basic football, really. But the run game starts within sets the tone for the game. If this offense can throw the way they have been, I think the offense is going to have a big day. It's really just up to Doug Martin at this point. Um, but back to the red zone discussion, I I talk about it every week, and I'm going to talk about it every week until I see it happen. That end around with Deshaun Jackson has to happen. A uh, point I wanted to make in the last episode, and I think I did, but I'm going to keep making it. A couple weeks ago, we saw Houston run an end around in the end zone with Braxton Miller. I believe it was from about 10 yards out. Braxton Miller, beautiful play. He got his blocks all lined up. It was wide open. He walked into the end zone. Deshaun Jackson could run fucking circles around Braxton Miller. Let's be honest here. I think if used correctly, set him up in space, Deshaun Jackson could be a huge red zone threat if you're not looking to go to the air immediately. Um... And it's just another way to utilize him. He's such a fast guy. We talk about that week in and week out. But I'd actually like to see a pretty big day from Deshaun Jackson. I think they're starting to get things cooking between him and Jameis. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But should be a pretty good day for the offense. Like I said before, just got to get that run going. But we'll break this puppy down. We'll do offensive and defensive MVPs. And then we will talk about our Instagram follower of the week. 
offensive and defensive MVPs. Evan, I'm gonna let you go first, my man. Uh, we doing predictions with this as well? Yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do score predictions after the MVPs. All right. Uh, offensive MVP. I'm gonna go Mike Evans. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a this is a Mike Evans day. I think he if he's gonna have some some success here. Uh, defensive MVP. I'm gonna go myself. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, I wish I could, um, but uh, it's if you lean into the TV, maybe you'll get more pressure than the pass rush he's gotten in uh, the last few oh, weeks. Oh man, that's yeah. a jab. Nothing but love for the pass rush guys. Love this team <laughs> up and down. Um. Hmm. Let's go, Quan Alexander. Yeah. You think Quan uh, will bounce back? Yeah, I think he's gonna rebound. He uh, he's not gonna have two bad weeks in a row. I can feel you there. I can feel you there. Um, offensive MVP. If we're gonna throw it over to me, I actually gotta kind of think about this one because there's a couple of good scenarios on the offense. You talked about Adam Humphreys having a uh, a um, a redemption day. Doug Martin trying to get it going on the ground. Jameis could have a huge day today of all days. I'm going to stick to my guns. I I am going to say Doug Martin. I think if Doug can break out, this is the game that he's really just going to get back to where he needs to be. We say that every week, but he, he's really showing that he wants it to happen. You know, I you look at guys like Jaquiz Rogers, no, no, no disrespect towards Quiz. Um... But there's just something about the way that Doug runs. I don't know. It just it looks like he's trying so hard, and I, I kind of buy into that. But I'm hoping for Doug Martin to have a pretty good week this week and put up some uh, put up some touchdowns, even if they're from five ten yards out. Not a problem. I hope Doug Martin is the offensive MVP. Looking at the defensive MVP, I think someone's going to come up big this week, and that someone is going to be Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy has kind of been, you know, like. You said uh, he talked to Warren Sapp. It's cl- he's clearly frustrated. You know he's upset. He's doing all the work himself. If he can figure out a way to get pressure, uh, Gerald McCoy and the D line could have a hell of a day. If this week is the week that they figure it out, um, defensive MVP also is going to be Simeon Rice. As you know, the Buccaneers will sign him <laughs> tomorrow. Um, it is going to be a four-year, eighteen million guaranteed. It's going to be great. He's 18 going to be million a year. 18 million a year. That's what we'll do. Simeon Rice. To me, it's going to be the comeback of comebacks. It's going to be like Brett Favre. He's just never going to go away. Now, it, okay, a, a, a realistic, and before we jump into score predictions, a realistic uh, point that has been made about Simeon Rice, because I've seen people defending this to the to the bone, man. A realistic point that has been made about Simeon Rice, you look at guys like Julius Peppers and uh, and James Harrison, given that they're, you know, I believe four or five years younger. These guys are in their 40s, still out here giving it everything they got and doing a pretty solid job. So who's to say Simeon Rice can't do the same thing, especially if he's kept himself in such good shape. But, again, realistically talking, don't take me serious here. Uh, the Buccaneers are probably not going to sign Simeon Rice. But score predictions... I will call this one, I'm going to say 38-31 Tampa. No, 38-35 Tampa. I think it's going to be a game-winning uh, game-winning field goal. 38-35 Tampa. Okay, well, 
Anyway, field goal, that would be nice with Roberto Guayo on the Panthers' sideline. So, I, I saw that he it. might be kicking. Like, there is – Yeah, he might actually I heard. Have to there, kick. Was, there is a chance because – well, I mean, that was the intent because it's if Graham Gano can't go. Oh, that's a rhyme. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's if he can't go, so – I want to see him just apparently, miss the uh, the game winner tip shot. I want to see him shank it so bad. Yeah, like the Bucks are up two, or no, 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 for him to tie it. I'll say that. Uh, no, he's a good kid, but uh, I wish him the best in his career, except not against the Bucks. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> uh, he apparently. I mean, I know it's practice, but he's been kicking lights out in Panthers practice. So we'll see. Oh man, uh, our, we'll our see. luck. Our luck, he'll he'll you know he'll make he'll make oh, three fifty-five yard game winner. He'll make three field goals and four extra points, and that'll the Bucks will get blown out. Yeah, he'll be um, the top fantasy scorer that week for all the kickers. And, and, Put and, him like eighteen and, points. And, yeah, and the freaking top it off, Pat Murray will get his first miss of the buck. But uh, oh, you know, man. A, a, anyways, um, no, I that's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> Any given Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Um, oh, so you mean to tell me that the Bucks can generate pass rush? Um, uh, anyways, let's move on. I'm going to go, you know, I I want to pick the Bucks so bad. I really do, and I was going to until I heard the news that Brent Grimes was out. I'm going 31-27 Panthers. I just don't have a good feeling about this defense. I didn't before, especially now that Grimes is out. You're going to be starting Vernon Hargraves. Ryan Smith and JV and Elliott. Oh, that's God's oh, brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> it's all right, guys. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting one in the secondary. Definitely a huge shot to take out two corners. That you know, we kind of need at this point in the season. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a weird situation. Uh, two great players taken out of an already bad secondary. But you know what? Gotta have faith. Let's hope the pass rush gets there and does their job. Let's hope the offense keeps this close. As that'll wrap up the show this week. Really quick, uh, want to recognize our Instagram follower of the week at Neil.Patel03. Neil Patel has been a follower of the show for a little while now. Uh, pretty active on our posts. And really, if you guys are wanting to be the Instagram follower of the week, that's that's literally all you got to do is follow the show, comment, uh, like every picture. I, I just be an active follower. Um, go in there, kick ass, and we will recognize you on the show. Now, really quick before we get out of here, something, not really an announcement, um, kind of like a, like a brainstorm. Uh, pretty much my plans for the next few weeks. Um, Jets are coming to town. I am hoping to buy tickets for that game. Evan is also going to be at the game, and if you guys did not know, me and Evan have actually never, ever met face-to-face. -face. We've been pretty good friends. I believe we met for the first time through a Bucks group chat years ago. But um, Evan will be there. I will hopefully be there. Also with the What the Buck tailgate. Should be a good time, guys. We're going to be doing something. Maybe we'll go. Uh, Evan had brought up going live in the stadium at halftime from our seats. That'd be fucking awesome with the new Instagram update. Um, maybe do like another vlog, like a game day vlog we did last time. That'd actually be pretty sweet, too. Um, we'll see what happens, guys. You know, if... If Evan doesn't show up just completely hammered by halftime, depending on how the game goes, the Jets have been pretty good. Uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not totally totally count that as a W just yet, but it should be a good game, guys. should be a good time. If you're coming out, um, 
yeah, I mean, if you're coming out, say hi. If you know who we are, uh, we don't have a huge following yet, but we will be at the What the Buck tailgate. <laughs> Hopefully, and if you were there, we will see you there. Anyways, guys, that's just about going to wrap up the show this week for October 28th, 2017. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan. Have a great rest of your week, and go Bucks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.